the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Lifeline with Craig Roberts. He's the host of Northern California's longest-running conservative talk show. He's a man with a message, a conservative with compassion. He's Lifeline's own Craig Roberts. Good afternoon, Northern California. Welcome. Just about five minutes after the hour, 5 p.m., as we welcome you to another edition of Lifeline. Keeping you company Monday through Friday at this time, as we typically do, addressing issues that impact your life, your world, and your Christian walk. You know, there have been statistics, and these are statistics I think that we all well, sadly, know too well of what's happened with the divorce rate in America. Perhaps another alarming point to just how much pressure marriage is under in our nation today is the fact that growing numbers of couples aren't even bothering. By that I mean many are deciding since more than half of marriages in America today wind up in divorce court, why even bother? Just reside together. It'll make things less complicated when we decide that we're no longer fit for each other. But is that really God's design for marriage? And if your marriage is on the rocks right now and you and or your spouse have basically decided we've gone as far as we can go. Let's just pull the bandage off all in one fell swoop and get it over with. Does that mean that your marriage is necessarily hopeless and destined to become just yet another statistic? My guest today on the program, I think, would suggest absolutely not. That perhaps, uh, much like when you need a major overhaul of your engine on the car or you, you need to go into the doctor and have surgery, there needs to be a radical approach, an intensive approach, to getting your marriage off the rocks and back on track again. Joining me on the program, Dr. Jared Pingleton. He's Director of Counseling with Focus on the Family. And Dr. Pingleton, great to have you on the program. Thank you. It's great to be with you, Craig. My pleasure. We talk about marriage, and there's been an exciting marriage, so to speak, between um, the Ministry of Focus on the Family and another organization that you have deep ties to that really has been at the forefront of saying to couples, look, you don't have to become another statistic that as bad as it might be, as challenging as your relationship may be, there is no such thing as no hope at all. That's absolutely correct. Let's talk a bit about where we're at with statistics in America today. We talk about, on average, uh, one out of every, every two marriages ends in divorce. Are we simply taking the easy way out? Is that what this is about? Well, I'm, I'm not really sure, Craig. I know that we live in a culture that is very transitory, and, you know, we, we, we live in a throwaway society. You know, uh, we, we just don't have a good sense of what covenant is about, and we get very little Uh, I think, effective preaching and teaching as to what a covenant actually is. And so we have been now for about three generations into a culture that has the no-fault concept of of divorce. And so if we're incompatible, 
you know, let's just uh, call it quits. And, you know, this throwaway society in which we live has unfortunately extended that to the realm of relationships. And that is absolutely antagonistic to everything that the Bible teaches. And we feel passionately about being able to understand how God is a redeemer, and not just in our heart, but in our relationships, and especially marriage here at Focus on the Family. You suggest that this is multi-generational, and you're, you're absolutely accurate on that point. And I wonder if part of the problem here is that we have multiple generations now that have never perhaps for themselves ever witnessed or experienced what a healthy, functioning marriage looks like. I mean, if, if one out of every two marriages ends in divorce, that means there's a good chance of every couple that gets together tomorrow, say, or are going to be at the altar next week, uh, likely one, if not both of them, come from a family that wound up in divorce. So maybe part of the problem is we're, we're just modeling the behavior that we've experienced because we know nothing different. We, we don't know what a healthy marriage looks like. Do you think maybe that's part of the problem, too? I, I absolutely do, Craig. I think that's absolutely correct. I uh, just wrote a book called Making Magnificent Marriages, and I, I have a whole chapter to your point of this whole difficulty that we have had of not having good examples lived out in front of us. And so we have this incredible cohabitation right now among millennials in our culture. They have seen very poor marriages modeled in front of them. And so their whole idea of try before you buy to them makes sense. But the problem with that is there's no there's no foundation of trust. It's, it's building the proverbial marital house on sand. And without commitment, without covenant, it's impossible for a relationship to endure. And, and that's why I think we need to help people understand what a healthy marriage looks like. Um, so, and, and the irony is, you know, that about 40% of first marriages end in divorce. The irony is this, for people who cohabit, their breakup rate is 80%. Wow. So it's like, well, I don't want to have a failed relationship, so I'm going to double my odds of that actually happening. And that's the incredible irony and deception that I think our culture is living under these days because uh, the vast majority of 20-somethings are either delaying marriage into their 30s or not marrying at all. They're just cohabitating. Well, you use the term covenant, and I think it's a very important one because it's a biblical one, and it is one that we have strayed from quite significantly over a number of generations, as you point out. And let's face it, if we go into a marriage or into a relationship with the idea that we're going to cohabitate to kind of take it for a test drive, both of the partners going into that relationship know deep down that at any day, the other partner could come into the door and say, you know what, I'm done. Packing my bags and I'm leaving. There's no hope. There's no sense of commitment. There's nothing there that, that is a glue to hold us together. And so no wonder when we go in with, number one, the, the baggage we have of our own brokenness from being products of broken relationships. There's such a level of distrust that we, we build that relationship then not on a foundation of trust and confidence and covenant, as you suggest, but rather it, it's built at the very get-go by making a silent statement, I don't trust you. Absolutely. I mean, that's exactly what a cohabitating mindset says is, hi, I love you, but I don't trust you. Will you live with me? (laughs) 
<laughs> and do so happily yeah. ever after. <laughs> There's no basis for security. There's no basis for any sense of being able to relax. The, the whole point of sex without commitment is antagonistic to the fundamental maxim of God's universe, that without exclusivity and permanence and unconditionality, there's nothing to create security, stability, and strength in a relationship. And so there's all kinds of things then that enter into the relationship. Performance pressure, comparisons with others, and an ongoing continuous threat of fear. And, um, you know, if they find somebody else, why shouldn't they just jump out and hop into relationship with that other person? So it's, uh, it, it, it has a whole bunch of fear and anxiety that's just built in. So I, I just don't recommend it at all. And we wind up settling for less than the ideal. We wind up yes. settling for a marriage that exists but does not thrive. And as I think you might suggest from your background um, prior to coming on board with uh, Focus on the Family as Director of Counseling there, Dr. Pingleton was involved with the National Institute for Marriage. Would you suggest that marriages should not simply settle for getting along or second best, but in fact, under the right circumstances and, and ultimately with the right modeling and coaching, that marriages can not only survive but thrive? Is that possible? That That is absolutely correct, Craig. I, I believe that God's design for marriage is a redemptive process. Now, <clears throat> that's theological code word for saying that God delights in transforming blessing out of our brokenness. And the only way we can have that transformation take place is to get in touch with our brokenness. Mm-hmm. And so what marriage does, ironically, is it pulls the very worst out of us um, just by by means of osmosis, as it were. Uh, we get to reap everything that everybody else in our spouse's world sowed into their heart before we showed up. <laughs> hip, hip, hooray. But, you know, marriage is the hardest thing I think there is to do well. And the research bears that out, too. And not just the divorce rates, but the marriage satisfaction rates suggest that about 5 to 12% of American marriages are mutually fulfilling. Wow, just 5%. That, yeah, 5 to 12%. And 90% of that 5 to 12% have been after 30 years or more. Mm. So marriage is hard. And yet I think it is God's plan to redeem us. Well, don't you think, uh, too, you know, that if we, if we set our sights so low, uh, we have no sense of expectation coming in. We're, we're not willing to do the hard work. Uh, we right. come into the marriage relationship, admittedly or otherwise, broken. Even if, we, even if we came from a whole home where mom and dad were together the entire time, there, there's still the influence of the outside world and, and man's innate sin nature that brings a sense of brokenness into the marriage relationship. And then we set yes. no no expectations at any level for excellence at all. Uh, I guess when we go into marriage like that, anticipating disappointment, we shouldn't be surprised when we get it. That's true. <laughs> That's true. And yet we have all these other romanticized, idealistic expectations that come from Hollywood and Hallmark that we should live happily ever after. And that's just a, that's a romantic myth. That's a fairy tale. That's not reality. So I guess the question is, and and I'm going to ask you to stay with us for one more segment because we need to dive deeper into this. The the question then becomes, look, if we know and recognize that God has established the marriage covenant, the marriage relationship, certainly God has, as we see throughout Scripture, high expectations for what that is. God has not designed this, as some folks might think, just to bring two people together to torture each other, but in fact to, to grow with one another and as they do so, grow closer to each other, closer to God. 
God and to work through all of the baggage that, as we said before, we all bring into the marriage relationship. Now, how do we how do we learn to to sort of um, expunge or 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 deal with the pain and disappointment and hurt in our life to find healing, not only in our own lives but restoration and your marriage, even as on the rocks and hopeless as it might seem today, you might be listening to this conversation and saying, Craig, I, I understand what, what you and Dr. Pinkerton are saying, but you guys just don't understand. You've never met my wife, or you don't know my husband, or you just right. don't know the agony and the challenges that we've been through. And we've we've talked to our pastor, and that doesn't seem to work, and, and we've read a couple of books. We maybe even went into a couple of counseling sessions, but you know, don't understand it is hopeless is it really or are you simply saying that you've given up on god that your marriage is beyond god's ability to restore it really do you really believe that if you do it's okay to admit that but i want you to stay right where you're at because when we come back we're going to dive deeper into as we've acknowledged what the problem is where's the hope in all of this dr jared pinkleton is with us today he's the director of counseling with focus on the family we're talking about an interesting marriage a partnership really between our friends at Focus on the Family and the National Institute of Marriage that has had a remarkable track record in bringing hope and healing and restoration to marriages, maybe even yours. Stay with us. We'll get back to more of the conversation as Lifeline continues. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. Welcome back to Lifeline. We continue our visit today. Dr. Jared Pingleton is with us today. He is Director of Counseling with Focus on the Family. We've been talking about the state of marriage in America today, and, and, and perhaps you are one of those statistics that we talked about earlier. Maybe you're at the point where you feel as if you've tried everything that you can. Your marriage is just simply Hopeless. That, of course, uh, Dr. Pingleton runs um, contrarian to God's ideal for marriage. And God certainly hasn't given up on this. This is a matter, though, of, of perhaps accurately and adequately looking at what we're, where we're at in our marriage relationship and, and what God wants to do to bring about healing and restoration both in our lives individually and then together as a couple. Absolutely. God's design and plan for marriage is something that our culture has sort of adopted to feel like, well, they're not making me happy anymore, and so I need to find someone else. And that's just totally contrary to God's plan. That is, He wants us to to grow and to heal and to restore and redeem one another. But what marriage does is exposes the depths of our selfishness. It exposes the, um, the, the irony that, you know, we're hoping our love will cure the other person, and then we're disappointed when it doesn't. Uh, Craig, I'm a, as a clinical psychologist as well as a credentialed minister, one of the ironies that I've noticed over my career for 37 years is this. Without exception, almost every couple that comes into marriage therapy does so hoping their spouse will change. <laughs> 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 Always the other guy's fault, right? <laughs> exactly. And, you know, the irony is when both of us change, whether the other one does or not, then and only then can God begin to work in each person's heart and life. Well, and you know, and the irony of that is you talk place. about a level of frustration, doctor, because if we come into a, a challenges and, and a rough spot in marriage and we lay, entirely lay the blame on the other side uh, of the marriage relationship, and I, I can see in some circumstances, you know, somebody eavesdropping on our conversation right now might say, well, guys, you don't understand. My husband right. did this. My wife did that. 
And right. you may have an adequate point, but here's the challenge. You have absolutely no control over their thought process or their behavior. But I tell you what you do have control over, and that is your own. Exactly. And that empowering of the individual to take responsibility for their own marriage covenant, I think, is crucial. And it's revolutionary. When both people get that, even if just one person in the marriage gets that, the marriage system changes. Because here's what God wants for us, Craig. He wants us to realize, hey, my covenant has nothing to do with my spouse. My covenant has to do with me. And I, I elaborate this real fully in, in my book about marriage, is that, you know, the, the self-respect that's generated when I keep my marriage covenant, because I promise to love my wife unconditionally on days that end in Y, as long as I'm breathing, no matter what she does or doesn't do. And even if I could manipulate or control her into keeping her marriage vow, I wouldn't recommend it because of two things. Number one, I would never know if she did that because I made her, or because she wanted to. Mm. And so number two, that would actually create more insecurity for me, not, not, um, not less. It, it, it's like drinking salt water when thirsty, and that's what the culture kind of you know, emphasizes for us to do, is to try to control our maid into doing what we want them to do, to well. love us and respect us. And that's not what a marriage covenant is about. It is a unilateral, unconditional commitment to dedicating myself to serve my spouse in the best ways I know how with God's help. And let's face it, if we were to analyze a failed relationship at any level, whether we're talking about uh, you know, between two friends or two spouses, uh, oftentimes it's this issue of the expectations we place on another. And then yeah. they don't meet those expectations. Sometimes they don't even know that we have those expectations. And That's then right. we feel disappointed. And then our dis disappointment turns into bitterness. And the bitterness then gets a deep root in our heart. And before you know it, we've decided, ah, you're, you're worthless. This marriage is never going to work out. And it's very easy to give up on it simply right. because we went into it with, with an inappropriate expectation of the other person to begin with. That's right. Let's we talk a bit about... ...to love us and make us happy. Exactly. Let's talk, uh, Dr. Pingleton, a bit about uh, providing hope for couples that are right sure. where we've been discussing. Now, we've all heard the stories about the couple that uh, calls the pastor and goes in for counseling, maybe even goes in to uh, meet with a professional counselor, and uh, for the hour that they're together, there's detente, and they're able to talk civilly because there's kind of a referee in the room, and, and then the minute they get back in the car and walk out the door, they're back to arguing. What is different in your experience about the approach that the National Institute of Marriage has taken? And again, I want to mention for listeners that have joined us late, there's a wonderful partnership now, a marriage really, between the Ministry of Focus on the Family and the National Institute of Marriage that has had an incredible success rate at bringing together marriages that are in really, really bad shape and putting them through an intensive session uh, that lasts more than just an hour. And at the end of the day, I understand that research Research has demonstrated that couples that are willing to take part in, in this approach, two years after they've gone through it, are still together, still married, and in fact, back on the road toward healing. What's different about the approach taken by the National Institute of Marriage? Great question, Craig. And this is what we're so excited about in at Focus on the Family is that this approach that the National Institute of Marriage does, they're located in two locations in Branson, Missouri and Rome, Georgia. They offer an, a very creative and unique way to help couples heal that in a, less than a week, four or five days, they can get as much 
progress and health and healing uh, that it, than you would take on an average of one year of outpatient psychotherapy going once a week. What they do is a very concentrated and intensive version of helping people get to the root issues of what's going on in their marriage or what's not going on in their marriage that they want to. And they help each individual change, whether their spouse does or not. And the, the exciting thing about it is many of those couples are hanging by a thread. They've already filed the divorce papers, you know, if, if it doesn't work to, to be activated on Monday when they get home. And this is a last resort, desperation kind of thing. But, but what they do um, and have for about 10 years at the National Institute of Marriage, and, and we're so excited that now Focus on the Family is, has joined with them and they with us, is this. They ask each individual, if God were to give you a miracle in your marriage, would you be willing to accept it? Hmm. And it's so awesome to see how God shows up every single week at, at those intensives where couples deal with issues that they feel absolutely hopeless and helpless about, and yet they, they see the change that takes place in themselves and in their spouse. And the miracle stories that happen there are just awesome. They are just amazing to see how God has restored and redeemed and reconciled hurting couples. And, and this intensive time, it takes them away from the normal day-to-day environment. Because let's face it, it's, it's hard to be at the office all day long or be a stay-at-home parent all day long and then go to a counseling session and then come back and you're you're right back in the same environment. And sometimes just getting away in a, in a change of pace and a change of environment can help to clarify your thinking, deepen your understanding, and, and give yes. you kind of the space that you need. Isn't it true? Give, give them kind of Absolutely. the space that they need and, to be able to work through these issues. Yes, and, and this intensive therapeutic format enables the couple to go deep because when you're starting to get into some deep pain and you know 45 minutes or 50 minutes is up, you have to sort of researcher the wound that you've surgically incised in, and opened up that, that uh, pain and, and put duct tape and bailing wire on it basically till next week. And what this opportunity affords is, yes, to get away in a beautiful resort-like setting that's free from distraction and very relaxing and peaceful, but yet that opportunity to work concentratedly, intensively, without distraction, without other responsibilities or obligations. They do about eight hours of therapy every day, and then in the evenings there are directed um, learning exercises and interaction kinds of opportunities that each couple can participate participate in as well so that they can really, really focus exclusively and intensively on their marriage. And that investment works. Well, and you know, put this in perspective, we bring oftentimes uh, a whole childhood, a young adult life of pain and disappointment and the lack of of appropriate uh, healthy marriage modeling if we're coming from an abusive home or a broken home. And then we go into a marriage relationship and and we've got two broken people together now that are all of a sudden helping to break each other even more so, sometimes wittingly, sometimes not so. And so there's a lifetime of this hurt and disappointment and failed expectations that have accumulated. And so to say... Get away for two or three days, and let's try to put a Band-Aid on that. And I like your analogy. It, it, it's a lot like having heart surgery. You need a heart transplant. Yes. If the doctor said, gee, I've got a golf game in 45 minutes, so we'll start today, then we'll search you up, then we'll come back tomorrow, and we'll, we'll continue. And it might take me a week or so, but we'll finally get through it all. Well, you, you know what kind of pain and, and condition that patient would be in. So here's an intensive opportunity to work start 
to finish through the issues, through the pain, through the bitterness, through the disappointment. And at the end of this experience, I understand, uh, Dr. Pinkerton, that that better than 85% of people walk away with a pretty significant breakthrough, don't they? Well, they do. And and what the research shows that uh, they have done over the years is that after therapy, two years later, that 85% of those couples are still together that came to their anticipating divorce. So they have the best results in terms of success rates clinically of any program or any counseling kind of uh, intervention or model or modality in the country. All right. With that sense of perspective and hope, I I trust you've heard something in our conversation today with Dr. Jared Pingleton that has said to you, okay, we still have another option here. And I want to urge you, hop on the Internet and go to nationalmarriage.com. That's nationalmarriage.com. And just get some more information. There are these intense retreats and conferences taking place all over the country. And you can go to the website to get more information. And uh, taking that first step, Dr. Pingleton, is oftentimes the, the, the step in the right direction that can ultimately lead to hope and restoration of a marriage. Absolutely. So again, on the web at nationalmarriage.com. That's nationalmarriage.com. And we're so delighted to see this marriage, really this partnership between Focus on the Family and the Ministry of National Marriage. And here now is an opportunity for you to find hope and healing and restoration of your own marriage. Again, on the web at nationalmarriage.com. And our thanks to Dr. Jared Pingleton, Director of Counseling with Focus on the Family. And Dr. Pingleton, thanks again for the time and the insights. My pleasure. Thanks for having me as a guest, Craig. God bless you all. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. Several years ago, a friend of the family began complaining about, well, I think a lot of the symptoms that tend to be associated with reaching uh, midlife or, you know, uh, approaching the other side of 50. That included such things as feeling tired and sluggish all the time. It's the old saying, my my get up and go, got up and went. Uh, A feeling as if uh, there was sluggishness in in memory, things of this sort. Well, upon visiting with a doctor and running the typical battery of tests, Everything was discussed from you're not gaining adequate, you know, getting an adequate amount of sleep every night. You need to change your diet to try this pill, so on and so forth. It took the doctors well over a year to finally come full circle to what was really at the cause of the fact that this person couldn't lose weight no matter how hard they tried, um, was dealing with headaches constantly, mental sluggishness. And again, that just overwhelming feeling of, of, of lethargia. Well, it turned out it was thyroid disease. Sadly, a good percentage of people are misdiagnosed. And even once diagnosed with thyroid disease, they don't always receive the kind of treatment that they need. Well, we've invited tonight Dr. John Dong to join us. He is the founder of the East Bay Thyroid Institute to give us some insights as to what exactly thyroid disease is, how it affects the body, and most importantly, what's available out there for the cure. Dr. Dong, is always great to have you on the program. Hi, Craig. Yes. We talk about the issue of thyroid disease, and maybe for the benefit of some listeners, let's start with a couple of definitions. First, when we talk about thyroid disease or thyroid disorders, what exactly are they? Um, thyroid disorder is like um, conventionally the way that we measure like um, thyroid is uh, using the blood test 
called TSH, which is a thyroid-stimulating hormone. The way that um, people are being treated is that when, um, when the thyroid is high, then you get Synthroid, which is levothyroxine, which is the medications uh, f- uh, for taking care of the problem. But the problem is that can it be elsewhere that's causing your thyroid symptoms? Can it be the hypothalamus? Can it be um, in the pituitary gland, thyroid gland, or the liver, uh, the liver, or even the gut? Or could it be a Hashimoto, which is the autoimmunity condition that is attacking your own immune system, is attacking the underlying cause of the thyroid symptoms. So it can be elsewhere because people are struggling just taking a look at the TSH and then um, being uh, uh, medicated just based on their one lab test, TSH. But we have to be careful. We have to look elsewhere to find the underlying reason for the symptoms and majority of the people that are suffering from the thyroid um, symptoms right now are um, immune system which is the autoimmunity and and the autoimmunity explain that in terms of what's going on uh, from the epidemiological standpoint in the body that that there is an imbalance taking place in the way the body's natural autoimmune system is functioning what's happening um, so the thing is that um, the, the immune system is off balance, right? So we need to find out why is the immune system is off balance. Um, so there, there will be testing that we will be able to identify uh, their autoimmunity. Um, there's blood tests that we can do to identify their, um, their uh, autoimmunity. And also that we need to find out what is the triggers of the autoimmunity. Like right now, we heard of the word gluten. The gluten is a buzzword. Why is gluten a, a big um, issue? Because of their gut. We understand that 80% of the immune system is in the gut. So the first thing that we need to look uh, very detailly, dually, is looking at the gut system. What is going on with the system? Do we have a leaky gut? Or is there any food sensitivity that would causing the inflammatory process in the gut? When you when your blood gut is in, um, have the inflammatory process is inflamed, the body will tend to attack itself. That's the triggers of the autoimmunity. So there may be aspects going on within the American diet today, and we know based on the level of obesity in the country today, the amount of processed foods that we're eating and so forth, uh, America overall isn't healthy. And the problem now, as you're suggesting in the case of thyroid disease, where the autoimmune system suddenly now essentially turns and attacks itself, it, it really is is the body attacking itself thinking that it's fighting some sort of an outside enemy when in fact what it's doing is it's going after, in this case, the thyroid itself. Is there something going on here, doctor, then, in terms of our diet that is tricking the body into thinking, "Uh uh-oh, here's an outside enemy that I need to come in and attack? Yes. The the triggers is, um, a lot of times the the triggers, um, it would start with the guts. Once the body is recognized um, and start attacking the gut aligning. So what it does is that it has the potential to attack elsewhere. And in, in the thyroid case, it would attack the thyroid. So um, it would attack the thyroid. So that, that's why the, um, when you're doing the blood test with the Hashimoto, the Hashimoto is the name for the autoimmunity is attacking the thyroid. So that is what's happening is that it triggers. There's the triggers of autoimmunity. And in most, in most 
um, cases. It starts with the gut. So that's the, something that we have to look out and we have to check in very, we have to do um, extensive testing to find out what is going on, what is the cause of the issue. The typical approach within the profession, once a diagnosis of thyroid disease has been made, um, is to look at a number of attempts by doctors to bring balance back to the system, including hormone therapy. But we we hear from a lot of patients that say, I've been on hormone therapy for weeks or months or years. Nothing seems to be happening. This feeling of lethargy that I have still continues to linger. What is lacking in the singular approach that some physicians take to simply look at, well, you need to have some hormone replacement therapy here. That's going to fix the problem. Why doesn't that always work? Yeah, because it's, it's, it's dealing with the symptom. It's dealing with one issue, which is the TSH. But the thyroid, the system um, is more complicated than that. It is not the TSH alone. We need to find out the underlying cause of the issue. Like I said earlier, it can be in the liver. It can be in the gut. It can be in the hypothalamus, in pituitary gland. And also, more importantly, we need to identify their underlying cause, which is uh, autoimmunity. And if you just take the replacing hormones, the whole system is not being fixed. And as a matter of fact, is that if you just take the the, the um, synthroid or medications for for the thyroid, if it were a underlying cause, it's autoimmunity. You are there to promote more diseases because the underlying cause of the problem is never is, is never taking place. It never solved. So people are suffering. Why why am I um, why, why my blood test is normal? My TSH is normal. And I keep having these thyroid symptoms and I'm, I'm getting worse. My cholesterol level is gaining higher. Now I'm pre-diabetic or become diabetic. My hypertension, I need to take more hypertension. Anxiety, I need to take um, antidepressant medications. And the, the list goes on. People are suffering because the real underlying causes of the issue has never been addressed. It's not just the um, replacing hormones. Some people have results like, oh, when they start taking the replacing hormones, on the first uh, couple months it works and then all of a sudden it's not working anymore. I feel the same um, uh, compared to uh, if I'm not taking the, um, the replacing hormones. All right, let's pause on that point. We'll come back to more of our conversation. Today on this edition of Lifeline, Dr. John Dong is with us, founder of the East Bay Thyroid Institute. A brief time out, an update on traffic, then back with more as this edition of Lifeline continues. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. And welcome back to our conversation. If you've just joined us on this edition of Lifeline, our conversation is with Dr. John Dong. He's founder of the East Bay Thyroid Institute. We talked about the issue once before when you were with us on the program uh, last time, Dr. Dong, and that is on on the topic of looking at not just a singular contributor to what's going on with the thyroid that, that's triggering this body's autoimmune response, but that it could happen at multiple levels. In other words, uh, this may be diet in nature that could relate to maybe food allergies or sensitivities of one sort or another. The other thing that I think you had mentioned last time was that oftentimes just lifestyle in terms of uh, stress can also be a contributing factor here too, can't it? 
Yes, stress is one of the contributing factors because when you uh, when your body is stressed, um, their your system gets shut down. The immune system gets weaker. So the um, stress is one of the contributing factors, and also the adrenal uh, stress is part of the adrenal gland, right? Um, adrenal make cortisone. Cortisone is a stress um, hormone. So what happens is that stress is the contributing factor. Also, the blood sugars. Like um, why is the blood sugars? Because number one stressor in the body is the blood sugars. When your blood sugars is altered, um, if, if it's too high or is going down too low, it is one of the stress in your system. And um, there's other organs like the the colon, the stomach, the, and the rest of the body because our body, our system is all interconnected. One is relating to the other. So when we un- we need to un- uh, unwind and to solve the thyroid issue, we have to take a look at the whole system and unwind the whole system one knot at a time. So we're really making ourselves, we're, we're, we're doing a disservice when we allow an attempt by some within the healthcare profession to singularly try and approach this treatment of uh, thyroid disease with, for example, hormone therapy, when what that really is doing is addressing a symptom, not the cause. It's like saying, I've got severe back pain. If I just take more Motrin, that'll fix it, and therefore suggesting maybe what, that we have a um, uh, a, a, a Motrin deficiency <laughs> in our body. Well, yeah. we know it's just simply masking other underlying factors. And so as you're suggesting then, what you would do in your practice then is to unwind like we sort of uh, peel back the layers of an onion to get down to the root cause and find out, and is it true with a lot of your patients, that you see there might be a multiplicity of contributing factors? In other words, some of it might be stress-related, some of it might end up being dietary in nature that all ultimately kind of conspires upon one to create the problems with the thyroid? Yes, we have to address those: that the diet, the exercise, the detoxification, because we have a... Um, so the, what I did is I call it like the five pillar of health. So we need to address all the the aspect of health, exercise, the diet, nutrition, um, detoxification, all those in order, and hormones, all those five pillars of health in order to have our body being balanced. So we cannot neglect. Right now, our doctors always said that there's only two solutions to any health issue is exercise and diet. But there's more to it. What happened to the hormones? So we have to check uh, for uh, the hormones, not only the, um, the T3, which is the uh, um, T3 and T4, and also the hormones, the estrogen, the estradiol, uh, and then the t- t- uh, testosterone, and uh, the rest of the hormones. We need to address all those and um, check it. The best way is to, to not guess on your health is to do the appropriate tests identifying the, the underlying reason, the underlying cause of um, your health issue. You are offering to folks that are suffering with this. Maybe they've already been diagnosed and they have tried the hormone replacement therapy. That hasn't worked. The symptoms continue. The sense of lethargy and, and all that seems to be buffeting them continues to run unabated. Uh, you're offering right now a free consultation. Tell us a bit about that. Yeah, the, the, uh, the free consultation, the first thing as a doctor, the first thing that you have to do is to listen to the patient's symptoms. So the first thing that I would do is that I would, um, you would fill out like a eight pages 
um, information so I would know more about you and your health and your symptoms. I always focus on the symptoms because the symptoms are real so I can focus on, on that and then uh, help you to identify the problem. So the first is that I want to give you, uh, like, uh, thyroid sufferers a chance um, to meet with me one-on-one so I can help them to identify their uh, the underlying reason for the thyroid conditions. So I would spend some time um, going over their needs during the consultations. And then the consultation is really designed to get to give you information as to what the symptoms look like, how long that they've been suffering, to what degree and what extent they've perhaps received previous treatment that heretofore largely has been unsuccessful, and then ultimately put together a plan of a, a plan of action, so to speak, that then yeah. will allow a person to finally begin addressing not just the symptoms but the underlying root cause. Yes. And I will give them, based on what I um, collect from the consultations, I will give them a plan of action. What are the next steps that we need to do together? What type of tests that we um, we need to order? I would be just to tell them, patients straight off, I cannot be responsible for your health. I can um, be responsible with you. You have to do all the work um, to get yourself better. I can coach you. I can mentor you. I can support you through the, the, the process. The ultimate, the healing is inside your, your body. It's there already. We need to allow it to be the body to heal. If at the end of the day you are frustrated in dealing with the symptoms and you have been maybe in previous, you have gone to other doctors and you keep getting either no answers or answers that don't get to the root cause, and you're just frustrated, uh, why don't you end that trail of frustration? I want to encourage you to get more information. Uh, Dr. Dong, as we mentioned, is offering a free consultation to the first 25 callers. Now, this is a $287, almost $300 value, and it's yours free for the asking. He has two Bay Area locations, and you can call him right now. Simply call 800-524-2348. That's 800 800- that's 800-524-2348. You also have a pretty exhaustive tutorial on your website, Dr. Dong, that will help people walk through the list of symptoms to begin to identify whether or not perhaps they are dealing with an issue of thyroid disease that they're not aware of. And then pretty exhaustive look at many of the options that are available to patients to address the underlying causes. And folks can get that information on your website at eastbaythyroiddoctor.com. That's eastbaythyroiddoctor.com. Or again, they can call for that consultation. Your offices are in uh, Dublin. And remind me, where else? And uh, in Dublin and in Fremont. In Fremont, that's right. How can I forget that? Dublin and in Fremont. And again, uh, right now, this consultation is absolutely yours, free for the asking. Doctors don't even do house calls anymore, let alone offer free consultations. But the success rate that Dr. Dong has had with his patients is so remarkable that he really feels compelled to help offer this free consultation for patients that have been suffering with thyroid disease for years or you've just run out of answers. Doctors have run out of answers and you just know you're sick and tired of being sick and tired and you want somebody that can give you a whole new perspective as to what might be going on in your system and most importantly, 
the natural path in order to address the underlying causes that ultimately you can get back on the road to good health. 800-524-2348. That's 800-524-2348. And doctor, that free consultation is available whether listeners are closer to your Dublin office or your Fremont office. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. They can always um, call that number um, and then also visit our website to get more information. Yeah, your um, website, I'll mention for listeners again, I've spent quite some time on your website. Your website is one of the most thoroughly detailed websites on the topic of thyroid, thyroid disease, the causes, the symptoms, all of that that's anywhere out there. So uh, check that out, eastbaythyroiddoctor.com. That's eastbaythyroiddoctor.com. And again, with a sense of urgency but no obligation, 800-524-2348. Again, that's 800-524-2348. We'd like to thank Dr. John Dong for being with us on this segment of Lifeline. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.